As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. friends and welcome into the athletic fantasy football podcast week 15 ranks the second episode of the week we had Seeley early on talking some waivers and some theoretical plays going into this week well now we can see his ranks and we can point and pick laugh cry whatever we want it's the playoffs we can do whatever we need to do Brandon Funston is here with me at Brandon Funston on the Twitter. You can follow me, Chris Welsh, at Is It The Welsh. And that is what we've got in store, little tiny bits of news. And then we are going to see where uh, Brandon is differing from Jake and just the crazy stuff that Jake is doing in the playoffs, which, Brandon, I'm very curious. <laughs> how is your uh, your playoff run looking for you? Are there any fun, weird leagues you've got in uh, the main important leagues? Like, what's your what's your synopsis on the playoffs? How, how invested are you? Uh, so I had six... I have six leagues that I you know care about. One of them is Scott Fish Bowl, which you know I I don't care. That's probably at the bottom of the six, and I didn't make the playoffs in that one. Um, but I'm in the playoffs in four of the other five. Uh, I missed I missed in one important league. I had one of my worst years ever. I kind of picked like the Chubbs, Joe Burrow, Christian Watson, and oh, all these man. guys that I I don't have on any on any other teams, and that team just went miserably bad. But all the other ones are, are going good, and I'm you know the nerves have uh, heightened a little bit this week as I'm getting ready for the first round of the playoffs. Just like I'm sure you are in a bunch of your leagues. Yeah, I've got I've got a few. I, I think I mentioned to a couple of people. I was just either all in or all out. I had no like, hey, I'm kind of fighting for a playoff spot. I was locked or I was out. So I didn't have any lead up. And then now you get in, and it's like I had this one. It's a deeper dynasty team. It's it's like in a dynasty league. 16 teams are out there. I'm near the very tippy top. And I'm like, I was scraped. I have all these great players. And I scraped in with Jake Browning as my quarterback because I lost everybody. And I was all excited. And then it was like, first round, Keenan Allen inactive. And that's one of my main wide receivers. And it's like, ugh. So you forget the, you forget the intensity yeah, of this time of year. And the decisions that you've got to make. And that's a lot of what this is all about. There's weird matchups uh guys that are jumping into better spots and there are real decisions to be had about you know some of these guys and like that type of thing i i tell a lot of people too 
can you sleep at night type of decisions where someone's like, hey, this guy's got a great matchup. He's been heating up versus this really big name player who's been struggling. Can I stomach not having that guy go? I'm, I'm kind of referring to like a like a Justin Jefferson specifically because Jefferson was out for so long, came back, got hurt in the game that he returned in. Now he's saying he's good to go. If you don't have like awesome viable options, it doesn't really matter in this. But there is a scenario where it's like you took Jefferson, you got, let's say, like Mike Evans, Debo, and then you picked up Puka on waivers and you start three. And it's like, could you start Jefferson over Puka, Debo or Mike Evans this week? Do you have that level of trust? Like, I think those type of decisions kind of loom a little bit. Yeah, I have Justin Jefferson uh, in a league and Devin Achan in a league, and they're both in my flex spots. And I'm kind of sweating this week um but uh yeah and i have darren waller at, with darren waller on my bench with tyler <laughs> conklin tyler conklin in my tight end spot and i'm like if waller's cleared do i do i just throw him in there over tyler conklin tyler conklin i mean it might as well right because um you know the ceiling on waller at least is is decently higher but yeah it's it's you know we're going to talk about the tough decisions and stuff but uh yeah this is this is where the uh Rubber meets the road, as they say. Uh, yeah. And by the way, the, the Keenan Allen thing that came out of left field. It's you know, oh. I I went on a podcast on Wednesday, just guesting for the week with a guy who does a bunch of you pick like five prop bets and you go against each other all week. You do it like three times and uh, over the course of the week. And I had a Keenan Allen Devonte Adams same game parlay where they both get fifty plus yards and it was like plus oh. one hundred five, plus one hundred five and. Like Vegas doesn't offer a player prop if there's anything remotely like, you know, I don't think Vegas <laughs> was had this on their radar either. You know, that no. he had this heel injury because um, he, he was out there. He was being offered in early props. And usually they're very slow to the take when it comes to anything that's kind of questionable to. Uh, yeah. You know, and, 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 you know, it's funny that league that league I told you about. I just told you about where I have Justin Jefferson and that's a really important and Jake Browning. I'm sorry, Keenan Allen. I have Justin Jefferson, and he was sitting on the. I just had made the move, so Keenan Allen goes out. Jefferson comes in. He would have, if he was active, I would have put him in no matter what. But you know, I was lucky enough that the Keenan Allen thing didn't hit me too super hard. But you know, are you uh, are you as a Justin Jefferson rosterer? Are you more excited for Nick Mullins being his quarterback or Joshua Dobbs? Um, I'm optimistic. I'm, I'm I'm not excited because I actually was a, jo a Josh Dobbs believer and he played so well and he made good decisions and he moved around the pocket and then he absolutely fell apart in two games. Like, yeah. I don't know. It, it, it was, it's almost one of those things. It was like the, um, the, the, I think actually people compared it like the Jeremy Lynn run, you know, in basketball, I remember that he had the like Lynn sanity. Yeah. yeah. He had like two weeks where it was the most unstoppable and then it stopped and we're like, Whoa what happened you know or, or the or the hot first month baseball player the brandon inge who hits 13 homers or whatever in the first month and then you never hear from him again that's how dobbs felt and so i'm yeah. kind of like taken back by it nick mullins isn't like great he's a he's a very backup 49er type of that game manager so that's why i'm optimistic because he's not going to throw like a big awesome long ball but if he is just cognizant of first reads and is just locked into Jefferson, Jefferson can make plays with his legs as long as yeah. they're working and everything else is working. Yeah. And it's not like Justin Jefferson's like Chris Olave, where he's working 
pretty much more down the field. Like Justin Jefferson can, can work every every blade of grass on the exactly the field. And so that that's gonna work okay for no matter who the quarterback is, but I think it should work fine for Nick Mullins, who doesn't have the big arm. Yeah, know? and and the positive is he has experience. He has experience in like a power, you know, it was a Shanahan, I think, based offense more recently. So it's like, you know, there is experience there. This isn't being thrown into Easton stick, not to say that Easton stick isn't going to do well this weekend or, but you know, or the Tommy DeVito's and stuff like that. Like there's a little bit more of a known, we know not to get super excited, but we know like he can, he can kind of manage these games and they're probably going to be throwing even more without Alexander Madison. What it's looking like, you know, it's just going to be Ty Chandler. So that's a weird setup. Uh, maybe we'll talk about them. Let's take a look here. Jake's ranks are available over on The Athletic right now. If you go over to theathletic.com, you, if you don't have a subscription and you've been, I don't know, maybe been sitting on it the whole time, get the ranks for the playoffs. What a better time to figure out exactly who to put in your lineup in the most important time. But you also can think into the new year because there is always information in the fantasy football world uh, dropping for you, waivers and ranks up until the end of the season from Jake and tons more. Otherwise, if you already have it, you can go to All In Kid. Click on his link and you can check it out and you can see what those ranks look like. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So let's start at quarterback. We'll see where you differ. The quick primer, Jalen Hurts number one again from Jake. And I, I didn't like it last week. It didn't work out. I don't particularly like it this week. And not to say that it's a bad matchup. He's up there, but I just still don't think he's affirmative number one. But hey, he's there. You've got Brock Purdy at number three, which is probably probably the most fun eye-opening one, I think, in my eyes, of course. Uh, Lamar Jackson at four. That's who I actually really like this week at number one. Matthew Stafford all the way up to six. You've got Justin Fields, eight. Sam Hallett, nine. Just want to point out, I'm giving a little bit more than usual. Those are the names in the top 10 at quarterback this week. Your play, your hopes are on the Sam Howells in the top 10 that you might be starting over, you know, Geno Smith's that you drafted a Geno Smith. You didn't really look into Sam Howell. He's there. And the first difference we have that you have, actually, I didn't realize we're also going to have a Geno one, is Jordan Love, who he's got at 10. You've got at seven. And wouldn't you know it, I'm with Brandon here. Because I agree, <laughs> yeah. this is a Jordan Love. I, I'm I get excited about Jordan Love slanging the ball, and I'm I'm with you on this one. So talk us through top seven Jordan Love this week. Yeah, well, he is number nine overall on the season. C.J. Stroud is somebody that I have moved him ahead of this week. We don't even know if he's going to play because he's in concussion protocol. So just on the season, on the merits of what his production has been, you could say, okay, he's been number eight. But then you look at the matchup, and it's Tampa Bay, and he is at home. 
And Tampa Bay is one of the most uh, trash pass defenses in the league. We've seen it week in and week out. You can't run against them, but you can most definitely throw against them. So, you know, who does Jordan Love move up based move up ahead of based upon the matchup? Well, I'm moving him ahead of Patrick Mahomes, who I have at number eight this week. I have Jordan Love at number seven. <laughs> so hey, yes, I didn't even I, realize that. Love over Mahomes. Yes, I would play Love over Mahomes this week. I mean, we just, you look at, I mean, things are not, things are not right in Kansas City. Uh, the Patriots have been, have done a, a good job against quarterbacks. You know, we know Bill Belichick. Uh, there's not a ton, like, you know, you're, you're missing Isaiah Pacheco. We know Belichick knows how to hone in on stopping the one guy. So, you know, he's going to, he's going to do a great job of slowing Travis Kelsey down. And I just, you know, the scene is so much lower. For Patrick Mahomes right now we've seen Jordan Love have plenty of three touchdown games he can run a little bit when he needs to gonna get Aaron Jones back this week likely you know I think Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes are really close I'm giving the slight nod to Jordan Love because I think the ceiling's just much higher with him at home in this Tampa pass defense which has been bad week in and week out this is this isn't exact exact but this is pretty dang close to what I said at the top where this is like Great matchup, fine player versus elite guy that's got you there that you don't love the matchup. This is the example. I've got Mahomes in a lot of, surprisingly, in my my playoffs in the Pentathlon League and Superflex, I've got him going. I've got him in a Guillotine League where you have all the options in the world. I haven't even been able to take him out of the lineup yet, even in place of Dak, which I probably will do. I have both of those guys in that, but to sit, I don't know if I could stomach it. And I, but I agree with what you're saying. Like they're going to hone in, but the chiefs might be more prone to not trying to run the ball in this game and get the ball in the air. If you're still dealing with Pacheco stuff. So that one's a tough one for I don't know if I, I don't know if I can, I, I, mean, I love, I like Jordan love, but I couldn't sit Mahomes, who he has, by the way, Jake has at seven. Also six games, the last six games. Mahomes eight touchdowns, four interceptions, only one game over over uh, two hundred and seventy one yards. So mm. I mean, it's two hundred forty one, one eighty five, one seventy seven, two ninety eight, two ten, and two seventy one. Uh, not no rushing touchdowns. Well, so you get the you get the twenty rush yards. You know that's not for nothing. But I just think the the ceiling for him right now is just capped, like we haven't seen it in his NFL career so far. Yeah, and and Jake's version of that. Uh, his version of Jordan Love is Matthew Stafford, who he has Stafford over Mahomes right now. So I guess to you know, to be fair, I do, I do too. I have concerned. Stafford at six. I have Stafford six, Love seven, and Mahomes eight. I actually yeah, so think this, those guys are those guys are all splitting hairs for me. I think they're really close. I'd argue too that like Stafford has teetered and is teetering that like pickup line. Like you know, I think he makes he might have just crossed it. I'm not sure, but he's like last week. And earlier in this week, he was in the waiver, like, you know, 60, 50% of leagues yeah. still available out there. You legit might have a league where Stafford is sitting out on your wire and, you know, you listening has like Jared Goff or something. And it's like, yeah, dump him, you know, dump, dump him for Stafford. Cause this is a, a fantastic matchup. Probably also a good DFS stack. Just throwing that out there with, you know, Stafford and Puka or getting back into the cup business, especially cup healthy just makes him better. I mentioned the other guy that you've got a discrepancy on. And it's funny. Cause I've talked him up on, uh, on ITL this week, but Geno Smith, you've got at 14. Jake's got him at 18. So I used him as kind of an example, like, Hey, you know, you're going to think about starting him over big guys. I'm not making the case I'm going to start him over Mahomes, but I've got him quite a bit higher as well than Jake does. As a matter of fact, 
Jake's got Kyler Murray at 15. I would rather Geno Smith at this point over uh, Kyler Murray because if you want to talk about matchups, these are polar ends of them. 49ers yeah. defense up against Kyler Murray and Geno Smith is going up against the worst pass defense over the last month. Fantasy points scored like wide receivers are scoring the number one against Philly right now. They're going to hold it down at some point, Brandon, but I don't know if this is it. So Geno's got a phenomenal matchup where a guy like Kyler has a bad matchup and I have Geno over Kyler this week. I, I do as well. I'm at 14. Jake's at him at 18. Um, we still have to wait for him to get cleared. But the last we saw him, he was had his best game of the year with three touchdown passes and a touchdown running at Dallas, you know, on uh, on Thursday night. So DK's rolling right now. You, you mentioned that the Eagles are the best fantasy matchup you can have for your fantasy quarterback. They've given up the most fantasy points to the quarterback position. You can't run on them, but, you know, Seattle's at home. They're they're. All the skill position guys are healthy. Again, you get Ken Walker and Zach Charbonneau. Philadelphia is going to have to at least respect that running game. Uh, but you got Jackson Smith and Jigba getting more and more involved. They started getting the tight ends more involved again. Uh, you know, they kind of like, forgot about tight ends for a while. Now we're seeing them get them getting a little bit smarter with their play calling and getting them involved. Drew Locke pretty, looked pretty good, uh, you know, last week. So, I mean, if Drew Locke played, probably have Drew Locke as a top 20 play as well um but i think gino's out there based on what he did his last time out the way this offense has gotten healthy around him including the offensive line and and the matchup i, I think you got to have him as a top 15 play this week yeah i think the top 15 plays the the conversation it's like just because it's the best matchup not going to vault him into crazy stuff, but you know, I, like I said, I play in deeper leagues or people out there that are playing in deeper leagues and this might be a decision or maybe, you know, you are just staring at a, you have a couple of those quarterbacks. You have a Gino and you had a, you know, even Jared Goff at this point, like Jared Goff's been fine, but you know, I think you could, you can make the coin flip be in favor of the guy that has the great matchup, even though it's it still feels a little fool's goldy to me because of Philly. Like Philly's just playing so bad in the secondary I just don't think they're this bad, but I don't know how long I can keep saying they're this bad until we realize they're that bad. You know they're what I'm saying? Bad. Like, yeah, yeah, they're like <laughs> exactly. actually like that bad. Uh, let's go over to running yeah. backs. Your primer for RBs from Jake, no surprise. Christian McCaffrey up at the tippy top. Number two is quite a surprise, only by name. Kyron Williams, uh, great matchup yeah. against Washington. He pops in there. You've got uh, Bijan Robinson at six, Ezekiel Elliott making the top. 10 which we'll talk about that here actually in just one second uh derrick henry comes in at 10 and tony pollard making an appearance at 11 so let's actually start there because ezekiel elliott is one of the biggest differences we've seen quite in quite a while from you guys he's got elliott as a mid rb1 you've got elliott as a mid rb2 so this is 15 to 8 discrepancy so uh, let's hear it on Elliot. Yeah, I mean, he's still Ezekiel. He's still old. At, you know, he didn't run the ball. He got a ton of volume, and we love volume. He, you know, he had the 20-plus carries. I mean, he had 60-some yards. What he really did is he had a huge day through the air. You know, that's not going to be lost on Kansas City. He's literally, if Demero Douglas doesn't play, who do you care about if you're the Kansas City Chiefs, which is a good defensive team, and they've been one of the better teams in the league at limiting running back production through the air. James Cook had a really good day last week, but you know what? When Josh Allen is your quarterback, yeah, you might have a little bit more of your attention diverted to making sure that you got, you know, you got people 
that are following, shadowing him and making sure that Josh Allen doesn't get loose. And maybe a running back does, you know, is able to get loose on them. But when your quarterback is Bailey Zappi, like you're not going to let Ezekiel Elliott go for seven catches and 78 yards against you when you've been good at, at limiting running back production through the air as it was. So I look at, I, on the volume, I'm going to rank Ezekiel Elliott as a solid RB two. I am not going to put him ahead of, and this is the one that gets me is that Jake's got him ahead of Raheem Mostert, who was the number one running back in the week that he played the jets in New York. The last time they played. And now you have Devin Devon H and, uh, dealing with a toe injury. Like I'm not ranking Ezekiel Elliott ahead of Raheem Mostert, who's the number two running back in fantasy football for the season, who leads everybody in touchdowns scored. Like, I think we got a little bit drunk on, on, you know, almost 30 touches from Ezekiel Elliott last week. I think there's going to be a different story this week and I'm not going to get out of control with him. Yeah. I think my biggest problem is like, this is vol- like you kind of alluded to it. this is volume on like a really inefficient offense. So like, I also see, and I know not everybody's getting super excited about him, but like he's got him like five spots higher than Austin Eckler. And I know yeah. Austin Eckler isn't the most exciting on the planet, but he had a good week last week. Easton stick might not be like this awful transition thing that happens. And guess what? They might just go back to volume with Austin Eckler. What safe thing can you do? What are the two safe things when you get a new quarterback into an offense? Who are the two guys that usually benefit? Running backs who catch out of the backfield and tight ends down the middle. Those are your safety nets. We have one of the best at it in the game. Also with this whole like, hey, he's going to get more volume. I'd argue that like Eckler gets more volume. So would you rather have Eckler's volume or Elliott's volume? which maybe is a little bit higher with the Patriots. So my thing is that that offense is so bad. I just don't know how impact. I, I think Elliot is a startable guy, but I'm not with Jake on the impact of it. And if I were, if I were having a decision based on these ranks, if the decision was, and someone was like, Hey, would you start Elliot over Eckler? Like, there's no way I could do that. Yeah. Yeah. No I, stomach. I'm, that's where I couldn't stomach things. Austin Eckler over 12 and a half carries this week. Ooh, I like is that the what is it one ten? That's the prop. Yeah, it's, I, I think, think I like. What did the last couple of weeks been? Look, well, he was down last week. week. Remember because they were talking about he's going to have to like reclaim his job. Well, Josh Kelly continues to get like two something yards per carry. I, I I just don't think now with Easton Stick back in there, they're gonna they're gonna change things up and and you know I think they're gonna go with what they know the most. Yeah, I just don't think you take away from. Eckler in situations like that, but yeah. Spiller was also getting involved. I think that's interesting. I'm a uh, no per usual. I'm probably going to lock into some receiving, some reception stuff with Eckler. I think there's a couple running backs I really like this week on the receiving side. I think that's where um, I'll probably stare at the receptions because I'll bet you his reception prop is like might even be four and a half. I'm not sure what he had last week, but I wouldn't even be afraid to take that. Yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Some other running backs throwing in here. Zach Moss made number 15. We already just told you Austin Eckler. Uh, Devon Achan down at 19. I actually like him uh, this week. You were mentioning Raheem Mostert, but I think this is a good uh, breakout game for Achan. The Pittsburgh running back situation, also kind of an interesting one. 
he looks like Jake is firmly team Najee Harris here, but I don't know. There's I'm, I'm a Jalen Warren guy this week, but the one to speak on is another guy in this like mid RB two territory, at least according to um, Jake, you've got this guy as an RB one. This is almost flipped on the Elliott side because Mixon at 18 is uh, Jake's rank. You've got him at 10. So Mixon has been involved, but Chase Brown is popping up. And I have a feeling that's probably some of where Jake's rank is going here, that Chase Brown is getting some volume. But uh, what say you? What? Why do you think there's as big of a discrepancy between uh, both your ranks? Well, Jake's got a bias towards Joe Mixon, which I can't get. You remember last week we talked about this. I had Joe Mixon as my number five running back and Jake had him at 15. He ended up yeah. being RB7. So he was closer to my rank. But listen to Joe Mixon's finishes in the last seven weeks. RB7, RB1, RB35, RB7, RB21, RB11, RB7. So four tops and finishes in his last seven weeks. Uh, one in the top Sounds 12. Sounds like floor. Yeah, I mean, he's basically ranking him at his floor. Joe Mixon is killing it through the air right now. And Paul Daner, uh, who writes for the, for the Athletic, writes about the Cincinnati Bengals, had an article last week about how they very consciously decided to change their offense up and get Joe Mixon more screens, get him more involved. Jake Browning has taken over at quarterback because of the injury. Joe Mixon's had like 40 yards a week through the air, and it's by design. They are doing this. And they're also getting Chase Brown more involved because they become a more conservative offense. They're not going to run the same offense with Jake Browning as they did with Joe Burrow. You know, so you get you get Chase Brown in there to cut his teeth, but Joe Mixon's volume's been just fine. And yeah, the matchup against Minnesota, Minnesota has been good, but Joe Mixon was the number one running back two weeks ago when it was Jacksonville at Jacksonville. Jacksonville is a top 12 fantasy fantasy uh, team against running backs. He was number seven against Baltimore uh, a few weeks back. That's a really good fantasy run defense. And he was number seven against San Francisco. I don't have to tell you. San Francisco is a really good fan. So he's doing it against, it's not like he's doing it against Patsy. He's been doing it against tough guys. So he's a, he's a dual threat guy, gets a lot of volume and he gets the goal line carry. So if they get the ball down at the goal line, more than likely it's going to be Joe Mixon getting the ball. So I, I, I love the upside. I think he's at this point, he's proven he's an RB one, even in tougher matchups. And yeah, I, I mean, if he's RB18, it's going to be more the exception than the rule for what we've seen over the last couple of That's months. a good point. I don't remember if we talked about it on air or not, but I absolutely fell in love with the Joe Mixon receiving prop after we talked about it because you were on that and you put me onto it. And then I started doing the research and I was like, I'm in. I went all in. It was my number one prop of the week. And then Chase Brown catches this 60 yarder. And I'm like, well, oh. guess I'm going to walk out of this week with the right process but the wrong result <laughs> and Nixon still oh, yeah. beat his love, prop by quite a bit. Love for all of the running backs there in the passing game. That's exactly right. And an explosiveness from a chase Brown that gets them into the red zone is going to just be a benefit to uh, Mixon. Mi Mixon is like what people's brains assume Gus Edwards is where it's like, Hey, Gus right. is going to get volume and work. And then other guys will get plays and he'll get goal lines. And Gus is only goal line. Like, Gus's only value comes at the goal line. Mixon's value is everywhere. So I, I'm I'm with you on this. I think uh, a, a more valuable tool than being uh, given credit for. But that's what the RB spot looks like. I will say a very interesting, if I'm using that word, uh, just without discretion this week. Ty Chandler at 24 for Jake. So like I'm mentioning, um, you know, Ken Walker is pushed down Jalen Warren is pushed down for him Keaton Mitchell is in the flex spot who I love Keaton this week 
And he's saying, I want Ty Chandler over all of these bad boys. I don't know if that uh, jumps out to you. Yeah. I mean, I just, I'm just not in love with Ty Chandler. Um, and, but I don't, I don't hate RB 24. I have him at like RB 26 or 25. I can't remember. So I'm kind of in the middle. The, the volume should be good. He should get three down work and, that in and of itself uh, warrants RB2 consideration almost always. All right, let's go over to the wide receivers. It's been very chalk at the top of uh, everything we do. Tyreek Hill comes in at number one, regardless of the ankle injury. I think that's a good thing. He actually was on a, a Twitch stream. I think it was Twitch uh, just the other day, like last night or whatever. And uh, Tyreek, someone asked him about his ankle and Tyreek pretty much was just like, I'll be fine. I'm good. I'll be fine. Said it in a way that maybe there was like a little bit of frustration, but like, Hey, don't worry about it. You know, we're, we're good here type of thing. So he comes in at number one, you've got Cooper cup at five. So I think this is very matchup based. So Jake is right back in to, and also Cooper cup over Puka is something to consider. This one is very eye opening. Uh, Debo Samuel at six, quite a bit over Brandon. Ayuk. Brandon. Ayuk not a wide receiver. That, one. That is Debo not, is. that is not a traditional Jake way mode of thinking he has come around the Debo role and like you know not can't count on him to be like the target hog guy he just he, he's always preferred Brandon Ayuk over Debo and I've I've always been kind of I've vacillated it because I just know that Kyle Shanahan loves the, the skill set that Debo brings and he loves to figure out a way to get him the ball no matter what even if he's not going to be a heavily targeted receiver like they'll find ways to get Debo involved so i i don't know i never i've never really like i've always kind of had him somewhat closely related no matter what well i mean i'll tell you um i love debo always love debo and this isn't uh, any type of revenge narrative but brandon Ayuk does get to go home that's where he went to college played at asu and his last matchup 146 yards six catches on on six targets against the cardinals like he he plays well against the cardinals first matchup and they have a horrific secondary yeah uh, a, fun a, lot of, fact, a lot of people do, by the way. <laughs> yeah, no, they do. Well, fun fact, the two best rated matchups for wide receivers against corners, according to PFF, are Debo and Brandon Ayuk. You don't see that often. The literal number one and two <laughs> best matchups are those two guys. So it's pretty good. So that stood out to me. He's comfortable with Justin Jefferson at seven. Uh, Puka comes in at 12 let's stop there at the wide receiver one category and let's talk about one of the big differences this is not a wide receiver one but it almost he almost makes a wide receiver one big discrepancy keandre hopkins you have it 14 versus jake at 24 he just has him inside the uh just has him inside the wide receiver two territory where uh you've got Andre almost as a wide receiver one yeah and it's it, I have I'm at wide receiver 14. He's just been really good. Will Levis has really started to lean in on him. It's been a much better connection with Levis than it was with Ryan Tannehill. I mean, we you know it started out with that huge three touchdown game they had, but the last two weeks, uh, you know, last week over 100 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. The week before that, 75 yards and a touchdown on 12 targets. And you get the Texans this week. Yes, Derek Stingley is there, but they are middle of the road in fantasy. And if I've you know, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about Derek Stingley because I you go back and you look at the the number one receivers coming into the game, the team going into the game against Houston for the last five weeks, the number one receiver has scored better than their season average 
against the Texans. There are ways to get receivers the ball that you want to get the ball to that are don't involve having to throw on Derek Stingley. You can move the guys around, and, and DeAndre Hopkins is one of those guys you can move around. Garrett Wilson, we had this we had this conversation last week where you were like, because I had Garrett Wilson higher than Jake, and you were like, well, it's Stingley. It's not a great yeah. matchup, and I kind of brought the same point. And to that point, they moved him around. They got him the ball, and he he showed out just just fine. And I think, I think uh, you know, the Titans are going to be able to do the same thing once again, like a lot of teams have done against the Texans. Yeah, and I don't, and I think part of exactly what you're saying that you're able to take advantage of is I don't think, and I could be wrong about this, but from visually watching, I don't visually watching watching. <laughs> you're um, watching. It's called watching. Uh, I don't think Stingley shadows as much. I don't as think some he, other I was just trying to look that up really quickly because I'm like, I think that's the issue. Is like you just exactly. you move him to the other side, you know. And I think that's why you see a lot of movement and some successes because I don't. I think he's staying on his uh, his portion of the field and not shadowing as much, and that's where that goes. You know what? Will Levis also played well. I think that's the the other key here. Is like Will Levis had a really like bonehead start to the game and then just started going off and and that's yeah. going to be the key and he's one of those guys he just looks at Hopkins. So I buy this. This is where you and I differ because I believe this week it's Zay Flowers week. You do not. Jake's got him at 18, you have him at 25. I think there is a chance we could see Zay Flowers this week as a wide receiver one. Uh, I get, I guess I get into these sometimes uh, specifically I've done it multiple times with Zay Flowers, but it's about the matchup. And I'll just throw at you Jacksonville giving up the fourth most fantasy points to receivers over the last month and the most receiving yards. You're also got 18 targets over the last month, by the way, most receiving yards over the last month. 18 targets have gone Zay Flowers way over the last two games and coming off of the bye, they decided to give him 10 targets, which was only the fourth time that had happened this year. I'm incredibly optimistic that Zay Flowers is getting more involved. Also on just the throwing this out here on the betting side, like the number one wide receiver against the Jags has beat the current prop number, like five of the last six weeks or four of the last five weeks. One of those but Zay Flowers' target share is up. This is a bad Jacksonville defense right now, and Lamar is going to give them fits. I love Zay Flowers. The only thing that would take Zay Flowers out of it is if they run 45 times between the three running backs and Lamar. So why are you not into Zay as much? As much. I have him. I mean, I think, you know, if I think about it more, I, I might move him up one spot. I It's it's really close. I have him as an, as a wide receiver two bubble guy. You mentioned the 10 targets. I mean, he's had that, he's had that, you know, three other times. So he's had 10 plus targets four times this year, but the 10 targets equaled 60 yards. And that's, that's kind of the problem. He is not top 78 yards uh, this season. That was his first game of the year. He hit 78. He is a short area target. They're getting Odell Beckham more involved. This is one of the very best, tight end matchups isaiah likely should have a really good game mm. um and we know that you know baltimore also likes to run and so i i just think because odell beckham could also have a big game because the ceiling for me is just capped we haven't seen him go over 78 yards so he kind of has to get in the end zone and he's not the classic 
red zone target. I mean, I love Zay Flowers. I think you can do things in the red zone because he's so quick and is able to be so sudden and get open. But that also requires, you know, really good timing from Lamar Jackson and stuff. So I just, I just, I, I rank him kind of as a borderline wide receiver too almost every week because I feel like that's sort of where his ceiling is because he just hasn't had the huge breakout yardage games and so it's somewhat uh, touchdown dependent otherwise you know you need like eight catches for 60 yards yeah I'd almost love them to do what Green Bay is doing with Jaden Reed, which is what the Niners do with Debo Samuel. Like make Zay Flowers the yes, Baltimore Debo. Absolutely. You know, give, I give some end totally around some short it. yardage, open field. That's how Jaden Reed has been successful. You'd love to see that with he's uh, had a Zay. 37 yard touchdown run like two weeks ago. Like that's do more of that, you know. Absolutely. Especially when you have like the most dynamic running quarterback in the NFL behind right. you. It's it's even scarier than what Debo does with the Niners. Um, just a other few little previews here. Some big name wide receivers move down. They don't move down to non-startable, but for perspective, you know, we have Zay Flowers at 18. You have Jalen Waddle at 20, Devonta Smith at 22, and Devontae Adams at 23, all behind Zay Flowers for Jake this week. Again, they're all startable. They're wide receiver twos, but quite a bit down. And I wouldn't say that there's many guys that jump up that will surprise people. Maybe the most surprising is Rasheed Rice, who is above all of those, but Jalen Waddle that I just mentioned. And um, if you're just peeking at the wide receiver three territory, you mentioned Odell. He is a wide receiver three for Jake this week at 30 and Noah Brown at 32, which I love that one, even though he had five targets last week and no catches five targets make me feel good. Uh, lastly here, tight end sleeper. You should be starting your tight ends. You should have had that set is what I really, what I'm trying to say, you should have had your guys. You shouldn't be probably streaming, but who knows? And if you are, where are you going, Brandon? Chigo Conquo uh, for the Titans. We put up nice yardage numbers. I mentioned DeAndre Hopkins and how he's been faring with Will Levis. Well, Conquo, I believe, might have three straight 40-plus yard games. He's still, like, in Yahoo leagues, he's like 66% available. So he is out there in a lot of leagues, and you get one of the best matchups. Um, the Texans, the fourth most fantasy points allowed to the tight end position. They've given up tied for the most tight end receptions uh, on the year in the NFL. I mean, we'll take that. And I may or may not already be playing him in the pentathlon DFS lineup, which I need some big wins. <laughs> He's go. a nice cheap uh, tight end out there if you're doing that so there you go those are the ranks you want more go over to the athletic if you if you have a subscription you're golden if you don't you know what to do and uh, you can check out jake's ranks and everything that uh, he's got set for the week and they adjust as we go as guys aren't hitting practices or you get weird notes like oh hey by the way the one of the best wide receivers is not going tomorrow just want to let you know and what they did with Keenan allen who knows what they'll do it's playoff time things are crazy and uh, you need to be on your toes and we are rooting for you so make your playoff run and come back with us next week as we'll be uh, we're kind of getting to the finish line here we're finishing up everything on the ranks and the waivers and uh, hopefully we'll be all uh, cheery we'll be all cheery with another matchup moving forward that's brandon funston find him on twitter at brandon funston you can find me welsh at is it the welsh thank you guys for hanging out with us and we will talk to you next week right here on the athletic fantasy football podcast 